Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Welcome back to Mouthing Off with Mike, joined by, as always, your host here of the show, Mike. Uh, so this week, much like last week's episode format, if you're listening to this episode, this is going to be our WWE exclusive episode of Mouthing Off with Mike. Are you not sports entertained? Uh, so we're going to cover Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, as well as the final Mouth Off with Mike. This week, we'll be covering Money in the Bank, my picks, my predictions, uh, you know, who I think is going to win Money in the Bank, who I think is going to win the men's and the women's matches, as well as do I see some surprises or some shock upsets happening at the Money in the Bank Premium Live event Saturday afternoon, 12 Eastern, excuse me, 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern Standard Time. So without further ado, we're going to get into this week's episode of Mouthing Off with Mike. Are you not sports entertained? Mouthing off with Mike. Mouthing off with Mike. Welcome back in. You heard the intro. We're going to be talking all things WWE this week, starting off with June 26th edition of Monday Night Raw. And Monday Night Raw was a good show this week. You know, once again, I have to put out that disclaimer of there were reports that the show was rewritten and Vince McMahon is going to have his hand in cre- yada yada blah blah. I don't want to hear it, but that report came out again this week. Uh, prior to Raw, we heard a little bit of it on Friday with the SmackDown of last week, but it was a very good Raw. So I, at this point, I think these dirt sheets, these journalists, quote unquote, you know, are just putting these articles out here to get the clicks, guys. I mean, that's what it really is all about. You know, here at the podcast, we want you guys to listen into the show. We want you to interact with us on social media. We want the clicks. Everybody wants some clicks these days. Um, but speaking of clicks, we're going to start off this week's Monday Night Raw episode with the Judgment Days, the WWE Women's World Champion, Mommy Rhea Ripley, and the light of her life, her Dom Dom, Dominic Mysterio. And we're joined by none other than the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. And, you know, we're getting the promo battle prior to the match between these two at Money in the Bank this Saturday in London. Really good opening segment of Raw, much like the classic opening segments of Raw where you're starting a show with, you know, a little bit of a monologue turning into a, a, a dialogue with, somebody else and then in turn turning into this full-blown promo to you know book the angle for the rest of the show for the the upcoming big event so classic raw formula here in play good promo here from cody uh cody says it says this in the promo you know dom is a scared little kid he's a scared little boy he hides behind his mommy Rhea. he also says some cat in the hat we get a little dr seuss this week from the the american nightmare Couple weeks ago on Raw, we got the uh, the frog and the scorpion uh, fable, you know, story. Now we're getting some some cat in the hat, some Doctor Seuss uh, from Cody. Really good stuff. I think that's very clever. Listen, he's calling Dom a kid. He's quoting literature for children. I, I like how how much more on par do you have to be there to solidify your point in that this guy's this kid. He's just a kid. And, you know, he's running around like a scared little punk. Cody goes on to say, listen, I cannot wait for this Saturday because I get to see if you're half the man your father is. And, oof, mic drop. You know, and, and you're just going to, you just hide behind mommy and your mommy's little boy. And, and you, get the, you get the iconic Dom whispering to mommy. Well, I am mommy's little boy. Good stuff here, once again. Dom is a heat factory, a heat magnet. Crowd loves to boo him. And like I said, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I love to boo him too. He's he's doing great work. I would like to see Dom win against Cody. And the only reason I say that is, is the writing's on the wall for this Saturday. We know that this third match challenge by Cody to Brock is still looming over his head, Brock's head, our heads looming over Monday Night Raw every week. It's set on commentary at least two to three times when Cody's on, on screen. So, no doubt in my mind, 
Brock going to, at least the music is going to hit. Brock's music's going to hit at Money in the Bank during Cody and Dom's match. Cody's going to get distracted and Dom's going to somehow get the, uh, the cheap heel win. And thus in turn, Dom getting a massive win over the company's, the biggest baby face this company's seen in quite some time when it comes to that level. So very intrigued at this. There's a lot of different angles cooking here. You've got the the Judgment Day with Cody Rhodes. You've got Cody Rhodes with Brock. You know, in the back of Cody's mind, of course, is still this whole finish the story with Roman thing, which we haven't really heard too much about. So I think that's, you know, backburnered for now. This is going to be very interesting because it's setting up this big SummerSlam match with Cody and Brock. If that is the direction they head in here, I'm excited to see what that stipulation will be for Cody and Brock's match. And I'm excited to see this crowd in London go absolutely bonkers. And more than likely, I, I know my, uh, my, my, my UK listeners will love this one. I have no doubt that that London crowd is going to start a loud, boisterous, wanker, wanker chant. No doubt in my mind about that. Can't wait to see that one. Getting into the first little bit of action we're going to see here on Monday Night Raw. We've talked about it on the show. I've talked about it on the show numerous weeks now about you know this rivalry that's heated up between Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Bronson Reed. Now this week we're getting Ricochet taking on Shinsuke Nakamura. A really good match uh, for Raw quality, for a Raw standard. Kind of to me dismisses the whole Vince rewrote the show. You're, we're getting some of the better quality matches that we've seen on Raw in a very long time. We're building on this story of Ricochet, Shinsuke, and then Bronson Reed, of course. Bronson Reed lost his qualifying match for Money in the Bank. He's pissed. He feels that he should be in Money in the Bank, and I think he should I think he should too. He's one of, like I said, I've, I've said it a few times, and I don't want to sound repetitive, but Bronson Reed was one of the best higher backs the guy beat Okada in the Tokyo Dome in the main freaking event has defeated, you know, essentially New Japan's John Cena, you know, the workhorse in the main event, in their biggest venue, on their biggest stage. So I love what we're seeing with Bronson mixing it up with Nakamura and Ricochet. Ricochet and Nakamura have a great match. Ricochet gets the win. Now, there is some shenanigans on the outside of the ring with Bronson. They do uh, a step of insecurity into a big kick. Bronson, you know, kind of falls to the to the back and into the chair. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens at the Money in the Bank ladder match because me is what how I would do this kind of triple threat feud is I would have it where Ricochet and Nakamura are on the ladders towards the end of the match. And one of them or both of them are calling for the briefcase and they're fighting one another, they're punching one another. And that's when I would have Bronson Reed appear, pushing over the ladder and screwing both of them over. And then, you know, the sequential winner of the match, hopefully it being LA Knight, yeah, would then have a, a second ladder right there ready to be set up or already set up where they just slide in the ring, climb up, and they get the money in the bank briefcase. That's how I would do it in, in Fantasyland with Mike here. We'll see what happens Saturday at Money in the Bank. Good stuff on Raw, though, between both of those guys, Nakamura and Ricochet, but also Reed for that, you know, outside of the ring angle as well. Next up, guys, what I expected heading into Money in the Bank, we're getting Ronda Rousey taking on Raquel uh, in singles match. Liv and Shayna are both ringside for this match. Now, Liv does get involved on the outside, takes out Shayna during the match. Ronda gets the win here, and something tells me heading into Money in the Bank and the Undisputed Women's Tag Team titles being on the line with Ronda and Shayna defending against Liv and Raquel, something tells me that this win by Ronda could be solidifying the dominance of their tag run, or at least in my experience, in my history watching WWE, this very well could be setting up that Raquel and Liv are going to shock win those titles at Money in the Bank and be two-time women's tag champs. That's my fingers crossed on that one. We'll see. We'll talk about my predictions later on in that final mouth-off with Mike segment. We're going to get a segment of Seth here out at the ring. And, you know, Seth is, is honing in the promo for Saturday's match with him and Finn. We did see earlier in the night a really masterfully done video package for Finn I was a big fan of it. I liked it. It got me bought into this match that they're going to have this Saturday. Uh, personally, after seeing the video package, hearing Seth speak these last couple weeks, this story 
could main event now. Do I have the feeling that the Bloodline Civil War tag match will main event Money in the Bank? Yes, more than likely that's the best story they got going on. It's a great cliffhanger ending if something crazy were to happen in it to end the Money in the Bank show. Seth and Finn definitely deserve a really prominent spot on the card where the crowd has their focus and their attention because this match very well could be Seth and Finn's best match together, could be their best match ever really these two have insane chemistry finn goes on to explain it's not the fact that seth has made these little jokes and and these little quips towards him finn is mad because if you go back seven years ago and you rewatch the film when he hands mcfoley the universal championship when he loses it and has to relinquish it due to injury after winning it against Seth the night before seth comes out stares at him laughing and smiling like, this was all just a joke. Like, his injury was this massive laughing stock, and Seth could take delight in laughing at it. What a way to paint this picture. Now, me, I'm thinking, oh, you know, Seth's been running his mouth these last couple of weeks. Finn's a little bit pissed about some of the comments he's made. Finn is holding on to not only the fact that Seth hurt him in their match, that he had to relinquish his title, as well as the fact that Seth laughed in his face when it happened and then now continues to mock him. Mwah, chef's kiss, guys. Fantastic. Now you need to tell me here, and, and mouth off with me on social media about this one, but does that not scream to me that Seth is the bad guy going into this match against Finn? Now we know Finn's in the Judgment Day, and the Judgment Day are a stable of heels, but with that video package and that promo alone, don't you kind of feel for Finn and you're kind of like, you know what, Seth, that was kind of messed up, man. I'm just going to put that thought. That's a little food for thought for my listeners if you get this far in the episode. Very good stuff here from Seth and Finn. Two of the best guys, WWE, especially Finn. You know, Finn has New Japan um, background, of course. You know, we got him back in 16, you know, shortly there and followed by, you know, AJ Styles, Finn, the, the founder of the Bullet Club, Prince, I should say. So... Awesome stuff. Masterclass work in building a story from seven years ago. I'm a big fan. I'm very excited for this match. After this, we are supposed to get another awesome match. Tommaso Ciampa made his triumphant return last week on Raw, and no one will survive now that he is back. The Miz ultimately took the big fat L from Ciampa last week on Raw in his return debut match to Raw. The Miz this week is getting a rematch, and I had sat, I was sitting here post-work, and I was saying, oh, are we going in back into the rematch era of Raw where we're going to get a great match one week, and then we're going to get the rematch of that great match, and then there's going to be shenanigans? I, I couldn't even get to finish that thought because The Miz attacked Champa that quick. So nice on WWE to not fall into the trope of the rematch from last week. I hated that that, that was that lazy time where whoever was booking the show, if it was Vince, it more than likely was Vince, of course. This was going a few years ago, where we would get a great match one week, where we'd get like a, a dream match, like a you know, like a Johnny Gargano versus Seth Rollins type of dream match. Just an example. And then the next week we'd get the same match in a rematch, but then it was shenanigans and it was this whole 50-50 booking thing for like four weeks and then an inevitable pay-per-view payoff. And I was it was like that was like the tune out days of Raw for me. And that was just very recently. So good to see that we didn't go right running into this rematch nonsense that we do. Earlier in the night, we talked about Dom Dom, the scared little boy, hiding behind mommy, Rhea. Cody, you know, basically incites Dom here into making himself a match. And Dom wants a match against somebody of his similar competitive prowess. He tells Adam Pierce that he'll they'll let them know who the who the opponent is. And it's none other than Akira Tozawa. The power of Tozawa. Listen, I'm a big fan of uh, Akira Tozawa's man. He cracked me up last week with that whole Cody Rhodes segment with the, I like your hair. I like your hair too. Uh, hilarious stuff, guys. He is so criminally underrated. If you guys can go back and check out his 205 Live, the Cruiserweight Classic stuff that he did, he's so underrated, guys. Some of the humor that he was able to bring to us during the pandemic, underrated, guys. I, I got to give the guy flowers. He's a great comedy act, you know, great comedy fill-in for R-Truth while he's gone with injury. Speedy recovery to the big man. We miss you every day, R-Truth. What's up? After 
this whole thing with Dom and Akira Tozawa is done. Now, Akira Tozawa got his licks in, man. He got his spots in. He did a couple flying uh, uh, topes through the ropes. There was a couple really awesome moves. Now, he was setting up the uh, the senton that he does, the delayed senton. And, of course, Rhea intimidated him. Because if you recall, a few months ago, Rhea actually beat Akira Tozawa in a match. Akira Tozawa takes the L from Dom, and Dom looking strong into his match against the American Nightmare in the UK. One of the funnier segments of the evening, there was a couple dry spots on it. We did get the Money in the Bank Ladder Match Summit. Women's Ladder Match Summit. Now, really missed opportunity from years past when we did the women on the ladders and the men on the ladders. Now, this started a a long time ago. Uh, It was when Chris Jericho was still in the company. All of the competitors in the Money in the Bank ladder match sat atop ladders and talked. And it was the funniest segment I had seen on Raw like in a long time at the time. Tonight, and, and they did it a few years ago with both men's and women's competitors mixed. They've done it a few times over the years. Now, tonight, for the women's competitors... They chose not to do it. Instead, they had ladders set up behind them in the ring, and they kind of just stood in a line and, and had like a summit, you know, just had this little conversation hosted by Corey. Corey gets told shut up by Bailey at the beginning. Bailey's very funny, you know, saying that she's the only woman to win Money in the Bank in this match. And, you know, she goes on to roast Becky and a, and a couple of the other women, Zelina, Trish. Then Trish gets on the mic, and Trish cuts a little bit of a promo that falls flat with the live crowd. There was a little bit of a dry spot in the promo at the beginning, and it's and it was a little dry to the point that all the videos of that segment since it aired, you know, did get edited down and kind of cut her promo down a bit to the point where we get right to the bit of Trish telling all the women that you're going to be thanking me. This is my first ladder match, yes, but it's what I do. I win. It's what I do. She ends up saying, like, talking into the mic, and then at the end of her promo, she moves the mic away at the last word, so you really can't catch the last word. Like I said, Trish being back is great for the women's division, but sometimes the promos do fall flat, and that's okay. Zelina was very funny in this segment. I Zelina's my pick to win Money in the Bank. Spoiler for the mouthing off with Mike. Final mouth off where I'm going to talk about the Money in the Bank, the, the, the final Money in the Mike mouth off, I guess we'll call it. I just thought of that one on the spot. Sorry, guys. So my pick is 100% Zelina. In this whole segment, I could very well lean towards EO or Trish as well. Like I, they, There's valid reasons as to both here. Because could you imagine... Trish winning Money in the Bank and cashing in on Rhea. Whoo, that would be wild. And I mean, Rhea's title reign really hasn't been hitting as hard as I thought it was going to be. She's mixed it up with more of the men than she has with the women's division. And I think that's just due to the build to Money in the Bank. All the women really on Raw right now are tied in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So it's hard to build a story or a competitor for Rhea other than Natty when most of the main women are in ladder mat in the ladder match or are in a tag match like Raquel and Liv. Like this is a this would have been a perfect opportunity to run back Raquel and Rhea from the NXT days for Money in the Bank. I I at least I thought so was the direction we were gonna head after the face off we saw a couple weeks ago. Or was it last week? It was last week. I'm torn on this one, guys. I definitely think it's Zelina here. Trish could just be for the Hall of Fame, the pop, her winning a championship for the first time in over 20-something years. Albeit, she's 47 and going to be in her first ladder match, her first Money in the Bank ladder match as well. So I'm torn here. My pick is Alina just because of that reception she got in Puerto Rico. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for Zelina to get the Money in the Bank and cash in on maybe Rhea. Maybe she cashes in on Charlotte or Oscar, whoever wins Friday night. Or... Maybe it's going to be a different woman. It's, it really all depends here. There's a lot of different ways we could go in this ladder match for the women and as well for the men. So I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a good one. I like the competitors in it. There could be a a crazy shocker as well. We could see Bailey win her second Money in the Bank briefcase as well. A lot of these women in the match, the only one I don't think might win is Zoe just because I think she'll help Trish win if anything. This one's tough for me to say. Very unpredictable as well with the men's. And we'll get into that one later as well. Next up, after the Women's uh, Ladder Match Summit, we do get Gunther, the Intercontinental Champion, 
taking on Sami Zayn in singles action. Great match here, guys. The last three matches of Raw were great. We had three straight wrestling matches. We we had Gunther versus Sami Zayn, Finn Balor versus Carmelo Hayes, which I failed to talk about earlier when talking about Seth and Finn's uh, segment. And then we got Cody Rhodes and Damian Priest, which I forgot to mention in the beginning of the show. So I'm all over the place this episode because Raw was pretty good, guys. Like, like I said, it was a good Raw. There were a couple of segments that fell flat. Like I said, the Money in the Bank ladder match summit fell flat a little bit due to some of the promos, you know, mainly Trish's. But other than that, Raw was really good overall. I would definitely give it like a B minus for sure. Sammy and Gunther have a fantastic match. Sammy is just talent. He is pure talent. Sammy's actually running a, a fundraiser for uh, an autographed shirt, autographed by a bunch of WWE superstars, as well as Kenny Omega um, on pro wrestling tees, but it was actually removed due to uh, a cease and desist, uh, apparently. So that's sad to see. It was all going to go for his uh, fundraiser, you know, uh, Sammy for Syria. So hated to see that, but I was I was totally going to buy some raffle tickets for that. It was a really cool opportunity, a really cool shirt, and had a lot of really great autographs from really cool wrestlers. Awesome match here with Sammy and Gunther. Now, of course... Everything kind of breaks down. Ludwig uh, ends up distracting the official. Vinci is back, but he's on crutches, and he ends up nailing Zayn with the crutches. And the ring, Jan Haral, gets the big win over Sami Zayn, one half of the Undisputed Tag Team Champions. Now, Imperium jump KO and Sami after the match, and none other than Matt Riddle makes the save and beats the piss out of Gunther with that crutch from Giovanni Vinci. We know it is official from online. I, I didn't talk about this earlier. I'll talk about it now because we're talking about Matt and Gunther. But it was made official for, for Saturday at Money in the Bank. Riddle versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. A lot of people were hating on this match, guys. You guys forget that Matt Riddle is one of the top talents in WWE performing-wise. Yeah, the whole bro thing can get a little old, but talent-wise, the dude can go in the ring. He's a workhorse. They don't call him the stallion for nothing. So the fact that people were like already off this match, and, and I was off the, the Jungle Boy and Sonata match, and they delivered a, a solid match for, for their spot on the card. I took those words back, and I'll take those words back in the Sunday mouthing off with Mikey's All Elite episode as well. But we can't hate on this match. We both, we all know Matt Riddle. We both, the fans, me, you, listening at home, the backstage workers at WWE, they know Matt Riddle's a little zany, but he's a damn good worker, and he's going to put up a hell of a match with Gunther. It's going to be a hard-hitting one. He's going to sell his ass off for Gunther Saturday at Money in the Bank. Failed to mention this earlier. Carmelo Hayes was ringside during Seth and Finn's segment earlier in the night when Finn ends up trying to, to attack Seth and get the upper hand again. Melo makes the save, grabs a steel chair from Finn before he can hit Seth with it, Seth gets the upper hand in their little kind of face-off. Now, Melo ends up getting challenged by Finn to a match on Raw. This is Carmelo Hayes' the NXT World Champions main roster debut, and he had a great main roster debut. Contrary to what these idiots on social media and the wrestling idiots of the world want to say, a great debut match for Carmelo Hayes. He loses to Finn here, but he looks like a million bucks. He got to show off some of his deeper moves in his in his arsenal. He looked great. Finn sold for him. Great match. You obviously have to protect the number one contender in a title match at your next pay-per-view against a guy making his debut. Yes, I know Melo is the NXT champion, but guys, what's what has NXT been based about? Developmental talent. They're the next big thing. They're the next generation. So... Obviously, why would the NXT champion beat the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship, especially a guy by the name of Finn Balor, who's a multiple-time champion, as well as across the world and in Japan? So, logically, guys, he's got he's to take the win here, Finn, protecting him, making him look strong for his match against Seth Saturday. But I'm so happy to see Melo over the last couple of weeks mixing it up with the main roster. A lot of NXT talent and main roster talent have been mixing it up. Main roster talent going back to NXT, Dana Brooke, Baron Corbin, Mustafa Ali, uh, Humberto Carrillo, and Angel Garza, as well as NXT talent showing up with the call-ups that we saw in May, as well as with Melo and Trick showing up the last couple of weeks on Raw and SmackDown. I like this. This is good stuff. 
We're going to talk more about main roster and NXT superstars showing up on each other's shows when we get into NXT next, when we finish up the main event of Monday Night Raw, that being the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes taking on the Archer of Infamy, Damian Priest. Great main event match here, guys. I thought it was awesome. Of course, you know the shenanigans are coming for this match. Cody overcomes shenanigans from Dirty Dom, is now what we're calling Dom. Cody calls him Dirty Dom in his promo in the beginning of the show, so that's that's kind of sticking, I guess. So Dirty Dom and Mommy, Rhea Ripley, get involved, but Cody's over, able to overcome everything. Cody gets the win against Priest on Monday Night Raw in the main event and a good little match. Dom ends up getting a cheap shot on Cody Rhodes again. And he's hiding right behind Rhea on the way out of the arena. And that's kind of how we end Monday Night Raw, guys. Awesome, awesome main event. It advanced the storyline with Cody and Dom. We kind of all see the writing on the wall. Brock's probably showing up in London. We'll talk about it later in the final mouth off with Mike. But without that being said, Raw, good show. Not as good as some of the Raws have been over the last couple weeks. There were a couple dry spots, like I said, in the show. But for the notable things that did happen, a very good Raw overall. A, a good three hours of wrestling that kept me engaged for the most part. We're going to talk about NXT Gold Rush Night 2 in just one second. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Mouthing Off with Mike. And this segment is going to be touching on WWE NXT from this past week on Tuesday night. So this NXT episode is going to be the second part of NXT Gold Rush. This week, we're going to see the rest, uh, if not all of the NXT championships being defended on tonight's show. We start off NXT this week with the NXT Women's Championship match with Thea Hale taking on Tiffany Stratton. A really good match here to start NXT. There were a couple spots in it that seemed a little awkward. And like I've said in previous episodes, I'm not going to really dig away at that point uh, or hammer away at that fact and, and that be the the thing that ruined the match. Once again, I know that there's been reports about the whole NXT being felt like a third brand recently. I'm in the I'm in the kind of the minority there because I still see it as developmental in my mind. You know, these are a lot of young guys and gals, you know, the same age as myself. Some of them are a little bit older, some of them are a little younger. You know, Thea Hale's freshly 19 years old, didn't go to college, came right into NXT, graduated high school, and is now in NXT and is in a championship match on its weekly television show. So Props to her. That's a really big accomplishment. The sky really is the limit for both of these ladies. You know, it's a good match. What ends up happening here is, is we do see over the last couple of weeks, Thea had been being coached by Drew Gulak and uh, Charlie Dempsey. Unfortunately, their distractions led to Thea Hill's demise. Because the ref was distracted with them, Thea Hill ends up making Tiffany tap out to a Kimura lock, but the referee does not see Tiffy tapping. Uh, ultimately, Tiffany defends her title successfully. Now, after the match, Andre Chase, the leader of Chase U, he is back, ladies and gentlemen. And him and Duke Hudson will be taking on Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey in tag team action next week on NXT. And he got a great reception uh, for his uh, coming back from injury, Andre Chase. So great to see him. He's one of the funnier guys that they got in NXT. And I think this whole Chase U thing has a very good chance of fitting well on the main roster when the time is right. After this, guys, we are going to get the tag team championships defended by Gallus against Malik Blade and Idris Anofi. Now, these uh, these two guys are really talented. They're also another set of young guys in the tag team division making a impact, making a statement, or I should say at least trying to. Now, they are unsuccessful in their quest to obtain gold here on NXT Gold Rush. I really feel in the future that these two guys have a lot of potential, like a lot of the superstars in NXT have this potential. I think there's something here with them. They're very athletic. They're flying all over the ring. 
high-octane offense. I really think there's something here. Now, Gallus is pretty good. Now, I will say Gallus's tag team run has not been as impactful as, say, some of their previous NXT UK tag team championship runs have been. So I'm not quite sure what the formula is going to be for Gallus and those titles for the foreseeable future. Uh, we know that Los Lotharios are back in NXT, Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo. So the NXT tag division is definitely going to see some shuffling with some new faces and some old faces, as well as some main roster faces here too. So I'm intrigued here. Always a really interesting two hours of wrestling Tuesday nights on NXT. We have Nathan Frazier defending his NXT Heritage Cup, his newly won Heritage Cup. He just won that from Noam Dar against Dragon Lee. I'm a big fan of Dragon Lee. He's a very talented wrestler, luchador, whatever you want to classify him. He is extremely talented in the ring. Nathan Frazier and him have a fantastic match. I would put this here as the mouthing off with Mike Match recommendation from the NXT side. Very close second to definitely the main event of NXT, but this definitely deserves, you know, a runner-up spot. It was a really solid match. The NXT Heritage Cup rules are starting to grow on me, and they're proving to create really fun matches for NXT. So I like the direction we're headed with. I can't wait to see who Frazier will defend that cup against next. Followed suit here, we have Gigi Dolan taking on Kiana James. Now, Gigi wins this match, and this was a very black match for me just because wasn't a lot of build. They had kind of had some words said, and that was kind of the end of it. Now, I know some matches you don't really need to build. You know, you just need a little bit of trash talk, and, you know, you got a match. I don't know. These, this just didn't really click for me. Gigi just got off that big win against JC here a couple weeks ago, and I don't know. I felt like we should have heated her up here rather than cooled her down with this Kiana James rivalry we're seeing. Eh, I'll, I'll let it I'll let it play out. Kiana James, after the match, uh, dumps paint all over her, uh, all over Gigi. So that was a pretty gnarly ending to their match. So Gigi's probably going to be washing paint off her till next Tuesday night on NXT. Now, before we get to the main event of NXT, we're going to talk about some, uh, some angles and some things that were booked here throughout NXT. Now, Carmelo and Trick are backstage, and they're talking about the title match tonight, talking about Seth, talking about Braun, talking about a lot of different things. And none other than the WWE Women's World Champion, Rhea Ripley, Mommy, makes an appearance and gets in Carmelo's face. Now, you just heard me say when I was talking about Raw that Rhea's title reign has been meh for me because she hasn't really mixed it up with the ladies but also, then again, we did go right from the draft into uh, Money in the Bank season, you know, and we had Night of Champions in there as well. But Money in the Bank season heating up, and most of the women's roster is enthralled in that right now. So there really wasn't a competitor to step to Rhea. We saw two matches from Rhea and Natty, and we had one that we didn't even get. But now the joke remains. I don't know if. Triple H and Sean are just messing with us, but now Rhea is now heading to NXT to mess with the men's roster and Carmelo Hayes because Melo got involved with some Judgment Day business on Raw with Seth and Finn. We talked about that on Raw, Seth versus Finn coming up this Saturday at Money in the Bank with then Finn taking on Melo in Melo's main roster debut last night on Raw. Very interesting here. Rhea is damn good, but... I, I hope after Money in the Bank and whoever wins that ladder match for the women's side, Rhea starts getting into a feud for SummerSlam because she needs a match. She's already at 90 days as the champion, uh, and her title reign, I don't want to say because I'm a big fan of hers, is falling flat for me. And I just hope that they can resurrect it before it's too late, I guess. Next week on NXT, we're going to get the Dyad taking on the Creed Brothers in a Loser Leaves NXT match because there's a lot of tension here in the schism with the Dyad, Joe Gacy, and Ava Rain. Family therapy didn't work. Next week, we're getting the Creed's Dyad, Loser Leaves NXT, and I'm fingers crossed, as much as I hate to say it, the Creed Brothers lose because then that means that all of our predictions up to this point from the mock draft episode all the way now with myself and Jordan included in this, 
we're going to be right in that the Creed brothers are ready for the main roster. And I'm really fingers crossed they either get the, the swap to SmackDown because I think they would fit very well on SmackDown. But if they were to go to Raw, then I definitely want to see a feud with the Alpha Academy taking on the Creed brothers because those matches are going to be money if they ever happen. Countering off of this, we're going to see uh, a couple different things here. We're going to see a, a segment with Eddie Thorpe and Gable Stevenson. Fun fact, if you didn't know this, I didn't realize this until somebody pointed out it and they look very similar. So I don't know. I must be an idiot. Gable Stevenson and Damon Kemp are brothers. Mind blown, guys. We also now know who the rat is and who ratted out the Don, Tony D. And it is not the Gallus boys. It is not Diamond Mind, as I suspected. It was Stax, that rap bastard, this whole time. Stax, the underboss, has turned in Tony D so that he could become the Don of NXT. And you know what they say, ladies and gentlemen. It's always the ones that say they got your back the most that put the knife in it. That's all I got to say on this. Very interesting. Cannot wait to see Tony D get out of the slammer and get some retribution on Stax, that rap bastard. Shifting back to your main event of NXT Gold Rush Week 2, we are going to see Carmelo Hayes, him, defending his NXT championship against the Lone Wolf, Baron Corbin. Ladies and gentlemen, they brought back the original, the, the NXT theme and everything for Baron Corbin's Lone Wolf character. And mwah, chef's kiss, a much-needed character change going from bum-ass Corbin, which I liked, very funny stuff, to happy Corbin and the slot machine thing, to now finally coming full circle to who he was the most comfortable, in my opinion, was that lone wolf persona of Baron Corbin. Great freaking match here by these two. The match is really good. We get a fantastic deep six from Baron Corbin. It was like four, five rotations in a circle, man. I was dizzy watching it. Fantastic match here. Now, I was worried because Rhea's appearance on NXT would have made me believe in WWE terms that she was going to screw Mello over, and this was a way to get Mello injected into the main roster. I'm thankful they didn't rush this. Thankful he retains his title, but man, what a fantastic match. Mello's stock, in my opinion, has never been higher after his main roster debut and as well as the successful title defenses he's had since winning the NXT Championship. Don't go anywhere, guys. We're going to be right back with Friday Night SmackDown and the starting of the Civil War. Off with Mike. We are in the second to last segment here of this episode, Are You Not Sports Entertained? Uh, and we're talking all things from Friday Night SmackDown this past Friday, taking place from good old London, England at the O2 Arena. And let's start off this show with this. London crowd, absolute fire. You guys, big props. I know I got a couple fans out in London. I got a couple good brothers. You know, we're working on uh, collabing with a, a podcast, a host of They Made Their Way to the Ring, the host of uh, we're actually going to be doing a Twitter spacing together on Sunday talking about the state of women's wrestling, the post thoughts from the women's matches during Money in the Bank, as well as uh, a couple other topics that we'll be discussing. So check out the Twitter spaces on Sunday morning, 10 uh, Pacific, 1 Eastern. And if you're in London, I believe it is 6 British Summertime, BST. So I Googled that one earlier. Now on to the matter at hand, Friday Night Smackdown. and. I'm going to say something I haven't said in a long time when it comes to good old SmackDown. Wasn't the best show. Was not a, a great show for me tonight. Some highlights include the tag title match between KO and Sammy defending their titles against Pretty Deadly. Yes, boy. Big fan of those two dudes. Great NXT call-up decision on, the, on WWE's part here for them. They got... These awesome little robes here, and when you open them, they're red and blue, one on one side, one on the other, and it says "end new." So these boys are cocky, confident. Their uh, their half shirt blouses that they wore were red and blue, signifying the Raw and the SmackDown tag titles. 
really nice details with those tag teams. I, I, I can't stress it enough how I think Pretty Deadly are going to be stars for the years to come. And, and their presentation since they've been called up has been nothing short of a potential foreshadowing to where their career trajectory could head, say they stay healthy and do the right things. Great tag team match between KO and Sammy. Towards the end of the match, KO comes up limping on the ankle. Now, I've been worked a couple times over the last couple weeks with wrestling. Just because we've seen a lot of injuries over the last couple months, I've been worked. I thought Brian uh, Danielson had a seizure during his match against Okada last weekend at Forbidden Door. I'll talk about it in tomorrow's episode. But I have been worked a few times over the last couple weeks when it comes to wrestlers selling their injuries. So I'm not going to say anything until WWE puts out any word. But uh, KO looked pretty banged up, but KO is one of the best in the game when it comes to these kind of things. So I, I think KO was selling the injury here. Uh, KO and Sammy made pretty deadly look like a million bucks. They get the win. They retain their championships. Pretty Deadly gets a good reaction from the crowd. Solid opener to SmackDown. After this, we're going to end up seeing set up in backstage uh, by Ridge Holland and the Brawling Brutes with Adam Pearce. Ridge Holland is taking on Austin Theory in a championship contenders match, meaning that if Ridge Holland wins, he earns a shot at Austin Theory's United States Championship. And I'm all for giving Ridge Holland an opportunity here at a singles championship. You know, he kind of has been the member of the Brawling Brutes that's kind of been swept under the rug. And Ridge loses with a rolling drop kick by Fury to the throat. And a lot of people, once again, on social media during SmackDown were complaining and moaning and groaning. Wow, what a terrible finish. He beat him with a drop kick. That's so awful. Guys. Did you forget what happened last week on SmackDown? Ridge Holland got his throat spiked by Solo, and he's selling that previous injury from from Solo. Solo, one of the most popular guys when it comes to backstage of being the next top dog, that next main event player for the future. He's going to have to sell that injury, guys. Like, what are we doing here? I understand, you know, it's been a week, but he got viciously attacked. I don't know what you guys want me to say about this here. Anyway, Theory retains his title. Sheamus comes running down. We're getting Sheamus versus Theory next Friday for Madison Square Garden for SmackDown. Now, a match that was supposed to take place about two weeks ago, Bailey taking on Shotzi for her Money in the Bank ladder match spot. Now, Bailey gets the win and keeps her spot in the match with a little help from EO on the outside. London loves Bailey. The crowd's chanting the, the hey, Bailey thing and ooh, ah, will you be my girl? So, London loves Bailey from day one, from when she was a hugger till now. They, they try to ignore it. The crowd gets really loud and there's no ignoring it anymore. Now, backstage after this, later on in the show, Shotzi runs up to Bailey and, and cracks her in EO1 for, for, you know, the match that took place earlier with EO getting involved and, and Bailey thinking this was all a joke. And then Bailey cuts her hair off, cuts a nice chunk of her green hair right out of her head. Damn. I, if that's me, yo, I don't know how we're handling this, but we're handling it. So I have a funny feeling Shotzi might show her face during Money in the Bank tomorrow and take out Bailey? Big question mark on there for me. Now, transitioning into another highlight for me for SmackDown was going to be Logan Paul on the Grayson Waller effect with Grayson Waller. Really good segment here. And the only reason it is good was because of L.A. Knight. Yeah, L.A. Knight comes out after Logan Paul says his name and talks a lot of shit about L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight cuts a, uh, another hot promo. Crowd is going nuts for him. They did the L.A. night, yeah, with him three times. They did it in the match. Yeah, chance throughout the entire segment. There was no way to edit this crowd reaction from WWE, from the WWE Universe, for Mr. L.A. night. Yeah, but WWE can, in fact, edit the reaction for a one Logan Paul because this podcast host watched SmackDown during the live London showing. So I, I, I caught SmackDown earlier in the afternoon here. 
because I had a funny feeling that we were going to get a different couple different things on SmackDown. And they did edit some things out of the U.S. airing of SmackDown here we saw Friday night that they saw in London over across the pond. As well, another fun fact about the London uh, stream for SmackDown. SmackDown was over in an hour and 45 minutes because the commercials over in the UK are substantially shorter than what we got in the US. So if I could every week, I might, I wish I could watch the, the, the UK stream for WWE. Now at that course here, crowd loves LA Knight. We get another kind of brawling with the Money in the Bank competitors from the SmackDown side. Santos Escobar comes out, cuts a promo, and here comes Butch. And Butch does exactly what he did a week ago when they were on raw and logan paul announced that he was going to be in money in the bank but butch runs his ass down this long winding ramp right into the ring and punches logan paul in the face big pop for me for that i love that that's what butch has done both times he just literally beelines it right to logan punches him beats the shit out of him he did have a really good triple threat with butch santos escobar and la knight which la knight ends up having a little bit of some words with logan paul and then santos ends up doing a tope out to the outside intended for LA Knight, hits Logan Paul. We get this whole segment after the match ends where everybody's vying to grab the briefcase and Butch ends up grabbing it and holding it up and that's how we kind of ended that segment. So I don't think Butch is is a favorite to win the Money in the Bank. I still think it's between LA Knight, Logan Paul, and Damian Priest. That's a sleeper for me. Depends on what happens with the match order for Money in the Bank. After this, we were supposed to get a banger of a WWE women's title match between Asuka and Charlotte. It ends in a disqualification with interference from Bianca Belair, who bought a ticket and sat ringside. Uh, Asuka ends up pulling her in, and she gets kicked by Charlotte. Bianca then KODs Asuka and Charlotte onto the announce table and stands tall. Finally, we end SmackDown with the start of the Bloodline Civil War. When I say, listen, SmackDown wasn't the best show tonight, but the three things for me that redeemed it was the tag title match, the LA Knight, Money in the Bank, Triple Threat, that whole segment, that stretch, and then, of course, the Bloodline Civil War finally kicking into the next gear for their match today at Money in the Bank, as you'll be hearing this Saturday morning, about three hours approximately before Money in the Bank kicks off. When we look at this angle from SmackDown with the, the Usos, the brothers, Roman and Solo, there's a lot of a, a dynamic here that's starting to shift. Now, the Usos allude to the fact that if Solo was the tribal chief, they would follow Solo. Roman laughs at this, and Solo gets a little pissed, where you see him kind of ball up and get ready for the spike. He has the spike ready to go, because he's not sure of what Roman's mind state is. Roman is now starting to display um, characteristics of a psychopath, where Roman doesn't believe that he's in the wrong here he thinks that he has accomplished everything for the usos for solo he's done it himself and yeah he, he deserves some credit he's put them on the map but they also did in fact have to do their grind and they had to get to this point as well so so roman is now really starting to get desperate and and you see him starting to lose it in his body language and what he tells jay you're nothing without me you're nothing. You would be nothing without me. When, when in reality, Roman, without the Usos, he loses those titles, his universal title, a long time ago because the Usos saved him numerous times. And he would be nothing right now without Solo because Solo has saved his ass twice. Two biggest moments. His debut when he saved Roman from Drew at Clash of the Castle and the second time at WrestleMania against Cody, saving him from Cody finishing the story. So this is going to be very interesting to see how it plays out at Money in the Bank. Do I still think the Usos have a chance in this match? Absolutely. But I don't want to get into that just yet because I do want to go over the Money in the Bank card here in the final Mouth Off with Mike. So stay tuned for the final segment where we're going to preview the Money in the Bank premium live event Saturday afternoon from the O2 Arena in London. Welcome back to Mouthing Off with Mike. And this is going to be Mouthing Off with Mike in the bank, the Money in the Bank prediction episode. I'm going to go over the Money in the Bank premium live event match card taking place 
later this afternoon from London, England at the good old O2 Arena. And we've got some really good matches on this card. The buildup to most of these matches has been very, very good. WWE strikes again with another really good premium live event match card on paper. We'll see how these matches deliver. I have no doubt there probably might be a hiccup or two in some of these matches. But on paper, a great match card. And we're going to take a look here first at the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, which includes Judgment Day's Damian Priest, the Brawling Brutes Butch, LWO's Santos Escobar, Shinsuke Nakamura, Ricochet, LA Knight, yeah, and Logan Paul. The first six competitors qualified in respective Money in the Bank ladder matches, Logan Paul being Mr. Social Media Megastar, was given his spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match just a week ago on Monday Night Raw. Who do I think is going to win this match? Everything for me logically points to WWE doing the classic and putting the Money in the Bank briefcase on someone who can get eyes on the product elsewhere, that being Logan Paul. So my brain pick is Logan Paul. My heart pick, who I want to win this match, is L.A. Knight. Yeah. So my pick for this is L.A. Knight. Yeah. I'm going with the megastar to win Money in the Bank and become Mr. Megastar in the Bank. Shifting our focus into the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, we have the man, Becky Lynch, LWO's Zelina Vega, Damage Control members EO Sky and Bailey, and Trish Stratus, thank you Trish, new NXT call-up Zoe Stark. All four of those women I just mentioned, excluding Zelina, have an issue with Becky, and Becky has an issue with them. Becky's got beef with Bailey. Becky's got beef with Damage Control. Becky's got beef with Trish, and Becky's got beef with Zoe Stark. Now, this one is a tough one for me. We did see on Monday Night Raw this past week, Becky climbed the ladder, grabbed the briefcase. I guess in WWE history, that's usually the jinx. That usually means they are not winning. Now, my pick for this match from, from who I want to win, just like I want LA Knight to win the money in the bank, and I think logically they're going to go with Logan Paul, I'm still picking LA Knight. Same thing here with this one. Logically, I think they're going to go with Trish because she's the Hall of Famer. She's got the big name tied to her. Plus, she's never been in a Money in the Bank ladder match. Trish really didn't get to have that final send-off that she deserved, quite honestly. And it's great that she's getting in an era where women's wrestling has progressed from her era. My pick to win, who I want to win, LWO Zelina Vega. I think Zelina Vega, after the reaction she got in Puerto Rico, and I think that building the underdog story uh, would have worked for her. But I think Zelina Vega, having the Money in the Bank briefcase and being the second you know coming of edge where she's like the ultimate opportunist where she really picks her mark because she's a tactical wrestler and that's kind of oh how always how she's been from when she was a manager to andrade to being her own singles competitor and now of course with the lwo she always had a really good strategy how she would play things out on both sides so my pick to hold that briefcase would be zelina vega and i would do wonders for the lwo if Santos Escobar were to not win the men's ladder match, which I don't think he will. Like I said, LA Knight is my pick for that. And Zelina Vega is my pick for the women's ladder match. Taking a look at the Intercontinental Championship match where Gunther will be defending his title against Matt Riddle. Bro. Now this one has some potential. When it was first announced, a lot of people were mixed bag on it. I was not one of those people. I have a feeling that this match could be a show stealer on a, on a pay-per-view card that has two ladder matches, a world championship, and a family tag team civil war bloodline, you know, that whole thing going on. I think this match could be a real sleeper on the card. Gunther will retain his title in a hard-fought match between Matt Riddle. My pick for this, Gunther. But don't sleep on this one, guys. Next up on the match card that I'm going to take a look at here is going to be the matchup between Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey, the undisputed women's tag team champions, defending those titles against Liv and Raquel, the former WWE women's champions who never lost those titles to begin with. So they're looking to capture back the titles they never lost 
as well as adding the undisputed moniker to their titles since Ronda and Shayna have recently unified the NXT and the WWE women's tag titles. My pick for this match is Liv and Raquel. I'm sticking with this one. There's no heart and logical. I'm not going to give you that one. Logically, yes, I Ronda and Shayna probably are winning this, but I want Liv and Raquel, so my pick is Liv and Raquel. I'm manifesting. I'm putting it out there. Liv and Raquel will regain their tag championships that they never lost. We've covered four matches so far on the pay-per-view card. We've got three more. We're going to take a look at what's being billed as the triple main event, and ugh, I hate when WWE does this shit. The main event, by definition, is the final match of a card, whether it's WWE, UFC, boxing. The main event is the last match that goes on the card. If the Bloodline Tag Team match is going to be the last match that goes on, that is the main event, period, at the end of that sentence. End of discussion. I will humor WWE, and I will bill it as the triple main event because I think it's hilarious. The first match in this quote-unquote triple main event is going to be the American Nightmare taking on Judgment Day's Dominic Mysterio. Now, this one's a tough one for me because I know Cody, he should win this match on paper, but I think we all know it as a collective, wrestling fans, that the writing is on the wall. The Beast, Brock Lesnar, will be involved in this match in some capacity. Whether it's just his music hitting and Cody being taken off his focus for a second and Rhea being able to get the upper upper edge on Cody and then Dom is able to capitalize and, and beat him. Or if Brock comes in and literally just beats the living piss out of Cody. One of those is bound to happen, but my pick for this match is Dom Mysterio to get his biggest singles win ever and beating the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes at Money in the Bank. And I did say earlier in the episode, do I think there's going to be some some surprises? Yes, Brock Lesnar is showing up at Money in the Bank. I would put my bottom dollar on that one to set up the SummerSlam third match between him and Cody. Last two matches we're going to take a look at. The World Heavyweight Championship match. Seth freaking Rollins defending his World Freaking Heavyweight Championship against the Prince, Finn Balor. I talked about it earlier. I talked about it in the Are You Not Sports Entertained episode that I believe this is going to be Seth and Finn's best match between the two of them. I would love this match to get a solid 30 40 minutes on this card. Now, I know it's going to be tough to squeeze it in, but this match deserves some time. Seth is going to retain his title in a hard-fought match. Will there be a Money in the Bank briefcase cash-in this night on Money in the Bank? I guess we'll find out in a few short hours. But my pick to retain and win, Seth freaking Rollins. For your main event of the evening, The Bloodline Civil War Tag Team Match. The undisputed WWE Champion Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa taking on the Usos, Jimmy and Jay. This one I'm emotionally invested in. The Bloodline story, I'll say it right now. The best storyline going in professional wrestling that we have seen in years. There have been a lot of good stories in pro wrestling. Nothing is topping this in this current era right now. When we are in our 40s and our 50s, We will be talking about the Bloodline story like we talk about Rock, Austin, Hogan, Flair. We will be talking about, man, back in the day, them Samoan guys, they were going crazy. They were doing some awesome stuff. And I truly believe that with all of my fiber of being. I believe in this one. My pick is going to be Roman and Solo are going to get the win and beat the Usos. Now, would I have liked to see this go a different way? Yes. I'd love to see the Usos win this match, but I believe that Roman and Solo are going to pull this one out and beat the Usos. I really couldn't tell you what the fallout will be after, but I know if it finishes the show, if it's the the real main event, the true main event, it is the last match on the show, they're going to leave us with some sort of cliffhanger, WWE, that's going to continue this story and add another layer to an already very, very, layered story so there you guys have it there are my money in the bank predictions 
This was your mouthing off with Mike in the bank, money in the bank, quick drop episode to go over my picks for money in the bank. You'll hear this accompanied with Are You Not Sports Entertain episode two, which is also going to be out already here if you haven't listened to it already. Go out there, guys. Enjoy the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I'll be on Twitter Spaces Sunday, 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 1 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock BST, British Summertime. I had to Google that one once again. And I will be talking with the host of They Made Their Way to the Ring, Ryan, and we will be talking about the fallout from Money in the Bank from the women's matches, as well as talking about the current state of women's pro wrestling and some other topics that I'm sure will work out from here until now. So thank you guys for tuning in to Mouthing Off with Mike in the Bank, the Money in the Bank prediction episode. And thank you guys for listening to Are You Not Sports Entertained? From your host, Mike, thanks for listening. Go out there, everybody, and enjoy some damn pro wrestling. Mouthing off with Mike.